Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. The sun was turning the freshly fallen snow to slush under my feet as I walked the familiar sidewalks of New York City on a clear February day. As a boy running through cow pastures to my favorite fishing spot, I never imagined I'd stroll the streets of the Big Apple someday, much less have so many memories come flooding back as I did. There's the intersection at Times Square where we did an outdoor photo shoot for the Great Adventure album. There's Radio City Music Hall where I won my first Grammy. There's the famous deli where one of my musical heroes, Ricky Skaggs, introduced me to another musical hero, Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers. There's that Italian restaurant that doesn't take credit cards where I had to leave my wife, Mary Beth, waiting alone as collateral while I went to get cash to pay for our meal. Then I turned the corner and saw something I'd never seen and never in my wildest dreams thought I would see. Tonight in concert, Stephen Curtis Chapman on stage at Carnegie Hall. Hey everybody, welcome to the Voices in My Head podcast. Today is the uh, long-awaited, I suppose, review of sorts. The book has been out for about a month now. Um, Not too long ago, I contacted uh, the publishers of Stephen Curtis Chapman's new autobiography called Between Heaven and the Real World. And they were kind enough to send me a free hardcover copy to review and uh, I loved it. I actually uh, had bought the book before they sent it to me and read it before I received the free copy that I didn't know was coming. And so I'm, I'm just so um, grateful to, to be able to have a hardcover, of the bo- a hardcover copy of the book and uh, to be able to, to cruise through it in, in my own pace after having read it through the Kindle. Um, but I want to thank uh, Baker Publishing Group for supplying me with this book. That is uh, from the opening chapter, the part that I just read, uh, from Between Heaven and the Real World, My Story by Stephen Curtis Chapman with Ken Abraham. Um, so what I thought I would do is read a little bit of the book to you. Not not a ton of it. I just want you to get a feel and a flavor for how the book opens. And that was, in essence, what I read. Uh, there's uh, quite a bit that he tells even in that story of playing at Carnegie Hall. Um, but there's just a little more I want to share. And then I'll just share some of my fl- thoughts. Um, I'm in the car right now uh, driving, and, and uh, so sometimes it's helpful for me to be able to get out my thoughts. Um, I'm not driving at this moment. I'm actually parked, but by the time uh, I stop reading, um, I, I'll, don't worry, I'll stop reading uh, uh, before I start driving. So, But I am in my car. Uh, so getting back to the Carnegie Hall story, this is sort of how the book kicks off, and it's a great way to actually uh, tell it in a non-linear fashion. The story doesn't start with when he was born or things like that. It actually starts with him and one of the events that is is sort of uh, the keystone, you know, one of the, the big moments of his life was just a couple years ago uh, when he was invited and, and played at, at Carnegie Hall to do sort of a greatest hits thing. So a little bit later in, in the opening chapter, he talks about that. He says, a few minutes before 7 o'clock p.m., 
I took my place on the side of the stage and listened as the orchestra began its pre-concert tuning ritual. My heart was racing, and I peeked out to see a full house as well as a full stage of singers and musicians. This is really getting ready to happen. While the orchestra was filled with professional musicians who had been hired for the concert, the choir consisted of singers who were fans of my music and had come from all over the country to be a part of this night. They were almost as thrilled as I was to be there, which only added to the excitement. I took my place at center stage to an enthusiastic ovation from the crowd and the choir, and with a small wave of the conductor's baton, the orchestra launched into the prologue from The Great Adventure. Here we go. The concert that evening was amazing. Maybe it was the adrenaline rush, or maybe talking to Scooter had put me at ease and reminded me of what really mattered, but for some reason, despite the emotional moments and all the artistic tensions, I was like a little boy filled with wonder and joy on stage. Scooter, by the way, uh, is a sound man that there's a story about in the opening chapter, and I'm not going to give it away, but it's a really incredible story to, to hear the way that God brought the two of them together that night at Carnegie Hall. The sound in the room was incredible, and I easily understood why the impeccable acoustics of Carnegie Hall are legendary. I had never imagined hearing my songs with a live orchestra and choir, on recordings maybe, but never on stage like that. Mary Beth said later that I looked like a 12-year-old Stephen having the time of his life, probably because that's what I felt like. We performed a greatest hits type of concert as well as a few songs I had seldom, if ever, performed live. One such song called Savior was particularly powerful because of the beautiful orchestral and choral arrangement. I was overcome with emotion several times but was somehow able to hold it together and resist the urge to have a full-on breakdown. One of the most emotional points in the show for me was when I got to sit down on the piano bench at center stage and just listen. I didn't play or sing. I simply sat and listened along with the audience as the orchestra and the choir filled Carnegie Hall with the melodies and lyrics of two of my best-known songs, His Strength is Perfect and Be Still and Know. It was a truly a taste and see that the Lord is good moment to get to hear my own songs like that. Many of the people in the choir had been singing my songs for years. They had journeyed with my family and me through good times and hard times, mountaintops and valleys. It was like a gift from them to me as they sang their hearts out to show me how much the music had meant to them. Well, I'm going to stop reading now and start driving. Um, if you know me uh, at all and, and know much about the kind of music that I like and the kind of music that has influenced me, uh, especially in my, my younger days, back in college, especially when I was kind of uh, developing into the musician that I would become, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman was a huge influence on me. Uh, and mostly for this reason, that that day I was kind of a, uh, a musical snob in some ways, because if it didn't have guitar, and I mean good guitar, I didn't want to listen to it. I was, um, as they say, said at the time in Tennessee, I was just eat up with guitar. I just loved guitar playing, and I couldn't get enough of guitar playing. I wanted to be a guitar player for my career. I still have a love affair with the guitar, and aside from the love I have for God and my wife and my son and, and uh, some friends, I'd say the guitar is the love of my life, and, uh, and I, I just love it. And Stephen Curtis Chapman, at that time, he had been in music a long time, but I didn't like Christian music. I know, I know, I'm the Christian music guy. I write modern hymns, and I do a lot for the church, and I'm the one that's 
pushing Christian music all the time. Uh, but I didn't like it. I didn't like contemporary Christian music. I didn't like um, stuff I was hearing uh, other than like the country radio was huge at the time. So I developed some guitar heroes like Vince Gill and Ricky Skaggs. Ricky Skaggs was probably my favorite because he was a multi-instrumentalist and his music was like bluegrass on overdrive. Uh, so huge musical influence was people that play guitar. So along came Stephen Curtis Chapman at that time. Having been a veteran for years, I didn't really know Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, my sister had listened to him, um, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't taken with him as a musician at that point. I didn't know what a stellar guitar player he was. Well, that changed when the album Signs of Life came out. And I had heard that he'd played most of the instruments on the album, uh, did all the guitar work, did all of the background vocals himself, um, was really instrumental in the production side of it, and took his time and really made this incredible album. And I believe he won uh, a Grammy for that album, won lots and lots of awards for Signs of Life. And when I heard some of the tracks on that album, I was like, man, this guy can play. He's really good. So I spent years, literally, I probably still am in some ways, trying to emulate the playing style of Stephen Curtis Chapman because, to me, he was someone who expressed his faith um, on his sleeve. You know, it was it was it was out there for all of them. It was it was the what he was born to do, but he also did it with musical excellence, and I appreciated both of those things so much. And it was rare, I thought, to find those kind of things. So when Stephen Curtis Chapman's autobiography came out this year, I'll be honest, the last um, few albums, I've, I've bought them and I've enjoyed them, but I haven't been as big a fan as I was years ago, um, just because our musical interests, you know, they come and go and they change. But one thing that, that never changed was uh, the man's influence upon me, the, the faith that he portrayed in the music. And I still find myself going back to certain songs and certain albums by Stephen Curtis and finding myself not just moved by the musicianship, but I, I truly am moved by the way that he allows God to use him. Um, I have to say that this autobiography uh, is one of the best autobiographies I've ever read because it does the same thing that his music does. It really shares his faith and it shares his heart in a deep way, in an honest way, but it really uh, shares his struggles and his joys. Uh, and throughout the, this book, we not only get the highlights from what he's done musically, but more importantly, he shares about his life and his faith. He shares about his struggles with faith. He shares a lot about his struggles in marriage and in being a husband and being a father balancing all that with life on the road, life as a songwriter, life as a musician. Um, and it, it was wonderful to hear stories about like him being at the, the Grammys and um, you know sitting near uh, Bonnie Raitt and then his wife being a huge fan of Bonnie Raitt, not even realizing um, that she was sitting right behind her when Stephen Curtis's name was called to accept his Grammy and she's going crazy and and uh, Bonnie Raitt leans up to, uh, to Mary Beth and says, that must be your husband. <laughs> and uh, then she goes even more crazy because she realizes it's Bonnie Raitt talking to her. Um, and there, there's stories about all the encounters in both the Christian and uh, secular world, whether it be him um, you know, meeting Sting or Bruce Springsteen or different people like that throughout the story. And 
Um, and just the, the integrity of, of the man. I, I think that his integrity has, has shown through, and he doesn't fail to show through in this book either. Um, he's someone who deeply longs after the heart of God, and I think that shows uh, so clearly in his writing. The most compelling and most heartbreaking part of the book um, and it's sad to say that this is the most compelling part because of how sad this part of the life of the Chapman family is. Uh, but when they lost their daughter, Maria, and the tragic events uh, around that time, um, and, and, and as many of you know, when you have experienced loss, and all of us are going to experience loss and deep grief at some time or another in our life, it's, it's just a fact of life. When those things happen, uh, they don't just happen with the incident themselves. Um, there is a long journey that happens after the grief and after the tragedy. And in the pages of the book, I'll be honest with you, um, I, I had to stop the book a few times because of the tears in my eyes. Um, I really wept along with the Chapman family. Uh, I My heart broke for them. And especially because there's a little bit of a connection between me and the Chapman family that they don't know about because we haven't met. I've been trying to get Stephen Curtis on my on my podcast for years, and it just hasn't happened. Um, but his wife is from Springfield, Ohio, where I live. Matter of fact, I used to own a house. Um, the first house I ever bought was like on the same block as the church they were married in. By coincidence, I wasn't stalking the the Chapman family history or anything. Um, but they still come back to the area, and they've got a lot of friends in Springfield, Ohio. So um, I, I feel this kinship with them in some ways. As as the family of God, you know, we have this connection with each other, uh, with many people all over the world, with fellow believers. Um, but also when we hear people's stories of great grief, but then the way that God has walked with them. Um, this This book is not like a cheery... It's not the equivalent of Christian pop music. Let me put it that way. It, it doesn't necessarily end with like this wrapped up neat in a bow happy ending. It's, it's a book about struggle. It's a book about faith. And it is very real. Um, and it allows you to see that God is not, um, not something we lean on to take away all our problems. But following God is about walking with the God we see in Christ having a God that walks with us through every moment of our life, through these times of great grief. Um, and one of the most moving and impacting parts of the book, and, and I won't give it away for you, I really do want you to read this book, it's when they are in the hospital and Maria has not pulled through. You know, you're, you're almost hoping, even though if you know the story of them losing their daughter and how it happened, you're, you're almost even in, when you're reading it, you're praying, please God, you know, bring her, bring her through. They're praying so hard in the hospital. And Stephen says some of the most beautiful, wonderful, powerful, impacting words to the doctors and the nurses, the staff of the hospital that have been working so hard to bring their daughter back to life. And it didn't happen. Um, and yet they were such faithful words. I'm getting a little emotional even thinking about how he said it, but they were words that were said so poignantly to the doctors about our daughter is with Jesus and we don't want her death to be in vain and we want to see you all there. 
And we want you to know this God that Maria, even at five years old, knew. And we pray, if anything, that her life, that this loss to us, will be for a way for you to know the living God if you don't already know the living God. It was, it was beautiful and poignant and powerful, and uh, there's a lot more to it than what I'm expressing right now. I'm just trying to recall it uh, as I drive down the road. But it goes on from there and, and tells about many things afterwards. Um, marriage counseling, it talks about their uh, building Maria's big house of hope in China. Um, there, there are just so many worthwhile moments. I think that you will really find this book to be an encouragement to you in so many ways. If you have a chance to read Between Heaven and the Real World by Stephen Curtis Chapman, it is a really deep, really well-written autobiography. There are moments that you will be laughing out loud. There are moments that I think if you're like me, you're going to just have to stop and pray because your heart will be so broken. And you'll even maybe want to stop and pray for the Chapman family and all they go through. Sometimes we think that people who are famous are bulletproof or that they don't have the same problems that you and I have on a day-to-day basis. Um, this book is, is such a humanizing book, and one of the reasons that I've had such a hard time connecting with Stephen Curtis Chapman for the podcast, uh, he actually explains it in the book. Um, he is on the road so much, and he has so many uh, like interviews You know, for him at this stage in his career. They're not like little podcasts like mine. They're like Good Morning America or The Today Show or you know, um, CNN or big network things. And so when he's on the road, he keeps very busy. He's got lots of interviews to do. Um, he has just so many things pulling at him and at his time. And his family is so important to him that when he is not on the road, uh, he talks about it in the book. I mean, he just spends time with his family. He wants to be present for them, and he kind of puts all other things aside. And so I think that's a beautiful thing, and I don't even mind... Uh, how hard it's been to get him on my podcast because after reading that book I can truly see how many people are pulling for his attention and how intentional he is about striving to keep his family very close to him um, in all those times. He even has stories in the book about where he will fly home and has flown home many times especially when his boys were growing up um, where he would fly home for just a couple of hours to see a ball game and then have to be back in Texas or somewhere that night um, and would spend the entire day uh, traveling to get back to a concert just so he could be home with his kids to see important moments in their lives. And that really speaks volumes of the kind of person that he has allowed God to make him into being. Uh, He shares about his family's, um, you know, his parents' divorce. He shares about struggles between his wife's family and, and their background versus Uh, his family and and the background, the way he was raised, and how that comes out in a marriage. Uh, So I I think this book is good for just about anybody, honestly. Uh, If you're a newly married person, there's a lot of great things for you to glean from it. If you've been married for many years, maybe your marriage is even a little on the rocks. I think the honesty that you find for how hard they fight for their marriage is, is so beautiful. If you are a songwriter... 
a singer, someone who's trying to make a living or do some sort of career in the music business, both Christian and otherwise, I think you'll find great encouragement from this. Um, he's one of my favorite singers as well as instrumentalists, and it was interesting for me to hear how many record companies turned him down uh, because they kept telling him that they didn't think he could sing. <laughs> you know, if you can imagine that, the person who's won more devil words for his singing uh, than anyone else in history, he's probably won more Grammys than just about any other Christian artist, probably any other Christian artist, and uh, was told numerous times by many, many record companies in Nashville that he didn't have a good enough voice to make it in the music business. So, you know, there's things like that that are encouraging throughout the book. There's uh, there's good tips for songwriters. Um, it's just, it's a really good book. So, um, I'm, I'm giving it my stamp of approval, and I'm thankful for the review copy that I have, and it's even sitting here in the car next to me right now, uh, Between Heaven and the Real World by Stephen Curtis Chapman. If you need a good, solid read and you're interested in the music business or you're interested in uh, really any of those things I've talked about today, maybe you're finding yourself in a hard place. Maybe you are experiencing some personal tragedy. And, you know, there's a lot of pain in life that we encounter. I, I think that this book could be a real comfort for you in those times. Um, or maybe if you just want a good summer read. It, it really is a, a, an easy book to read in places. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The, the tragic parts are tragic. I've, I've told you that. They're hard to read. Um, but it is, it is a good book. And um, he writes the book like he writes his songs. There's a lot of thought. There's... Um, there's a, a, a lot of poetry that goes into it, to be honest. Um, and I've read a couple of autobiographies by musicians this year, and uh, one of them is Bruce Springsteen. Um, I loved uh, Bruce Springsteen's, but honestly, I connected more with Stephen Curtis Chapman's um, because I feel like our faith journey is, is so much more connected. Um, just one other thought that I have had many times in my own life as a, as a songwriter and as a singer there were numerous times that Stephen Curtis was encouraged by people around him. He needed to go into country music, you know, because that was where he was going to be able to make a real career. He was even playing at Opryland. He was a George Jones impersonator. Um, he played with bands. Uh, one band he played with a lot ended up being the band Diamond Rio. Another band he played with ended up being Shenandoah. So in that time period, if you remember, those were some of the biggest country acts of the time, and people were telling him, you really ought to go into country music. And he said something in there, this is not a direct quote, but it resonated with me because I have felt this way in my own life. He said, I just I don't feel like it would be me because I feel like the most important thing I have to say is my faith. I have to talk about my faith and my music. And there have been so many times that I have thought myself do like, God, why can't I seem to write any other songs except songs that revolve around my faith? I would love to write some songs in the way that other people that I love do. Why can't I write a Bruce Springsteen type song? Why can't I seem to write um, things that have to do with with other things? And and honestly, it's just this is my life, and I, I felt that same way. I think he described it as um, as it would be for him uh, like David being told to wear Saul's armor. And I think that's a beautiful way to describe it. When you have a calling on your life specifically uh, to write about things of faith, and people at times have, have encouraged me, or I've encouraged myself to try to write about other things, 
I just I can't write about anything as passionately and as well as I do about things of faith. So um, I appreciated that. I guess that's all I have to say right now. I could I could go on for a while about Stephen Curtis Chapman's book, but it, it is it is really a treat, and it's an honor for me to get to review it here on the Voices in My Head podcast. Um, so if you have had a chance to read it. Uh, let me know. I'd love to hear what you have uh, to say about the book yourself. If you're a fan of Stephen Curtis Chapman's music, and maybe this helped you uh, have the encouragement to go and pick up a copy, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. I hope that this was instrumental in getting you to check it out. Um, but let me know either at my email, rick at rickleyjames.com, if anything about the book uh, stood out to you that I talked about today. Uh, or you can reach me on Twitter at rickleyjames. But this is it for today. It's a a short but sweet episode of Voices in My Head. Thank you so much for listening. And I guess I can say, Stephen Curtis Chapman, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com. Follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames. Like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames. And keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on Amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace, who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.